If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by visiting chriscarl.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find links to both Patreon and PayPal, where you can make donations. Any and all support is massively appreciated and a huge thank you to everyone that has supported thus far. So if you could picture the scene for a moment, about halfway through the day on a Sunday afternoon, very, very rainy here in England, I go and have a conversation with my wife, standing in pyjamas, an old hoodie, pair of slippers like an old man, I'm only 32, while making chapati bread in the kitchen, I have to inform my wife that I have in fact been sent a phone number by a Playboy model, which might be a crowning achievement of my life, especially given the (laughs) events of the last year. So before we go into all of the the crazy wild things that you've done as a model, let's start off with what was it that made you want to take your first steps into modeling? What was the first thing that turned your head towards modeling? Um, Well, I think like most girls who want to model, it starts as a young age. Um, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. And so modeling was kind of seen as not okay, I guess you could say, um, from Victoria's Secret to being in your underwear on the TV, this and that. Um, so it was never something that my parents were super down for. Um, but I always was like, I wanted to model. Um, but in my early life, I played sports. So I started to play basketball when I was 10 years old and I went all the way through college. So I played through my senior year in college basketball. Um, my dad was actually the vice president of the college that I went to. And the, they, my parents are both in education. So the rule was, or the deal was, you get your degree, you get your bachelor's and you can go model. That, that was the rule. Which at the time, it wasn't that big of a deal because I was playing basketball. So it wasn't like too hard to get through since, if I, since I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, quote unquote. Um, but so then after that, I moved to LA straight away. And um, I, I just really started digging in. A friend's uncle actually introduced me to a couple agencies and that's who cut my hair. Um, when I started to mod, when I came up to LA, I had long blonde hair, you know, blonde extensions, <laughs> dead hair, like bleached, like <laughs> no clue at all what, you know, agencies or models should look. I came in with a tight skirt and a fitted shirt and like heels and like <laughs> this idea of what a model is should look like when walking into an agency was never taught to me. Obviously I was new. So everything that's out in the you know world in the market was heels, makeup, you know what I mean? Like you don't get to see usually what's in the background of every model's life. And right. they don't want to see all that. They want to, they want you to come in fresh faced, like barely any hair done, like jeans, maybe, you know, whatever, like comfortable, but they want to see, your, your personality, they don't want to see you all done up and they want to see if you can give it and, and take it to the next level by just your looks without the makeup and the bullshit. Um, anyway, so I tried to sign with elite model management. It didn't work out. Um, after I had chopped my hair off, dyed my hair, moved to LA, then they were like, Nope, we're not going to work with you. And at first I was like, Oh my God, that's devastating. Like, I really thought my big break, I lost, I lost like 15 pounds and I wasn't very big to begin with. I'm 5'10". So you can imagine what I looked like after that. And I just, I was like, I didn't, I didn't get it. But I mean, it's always when you're in a storm that comes the light. 
And um, I, I met with my first agency, Pinkerton. And they're, they were a smaller agency. And I cannot thank God and the universe enough for bringing me to them because they developed me as so well. That's, that's who I shot with, Kawhi and Kelser Tran and all these photographers who like I shot with on the weekly and I shot and I tested. It's called testing. It's what you do is as new models, you come and shoot with photographers and it's just to build your book. So you're not getting paid. They're not getting paid. It's just for their book, for your book. And I did that for like two months. I just, it's trained. I just trained. Um, and then I started doing small things. I did Treats Magazine in the second issue when it first came out. Um, I did a bunch of hair, since my hair was so cool back then. And a lot of times girls that have short hair are androgynous. Did I say that word right? I think I said that word right. Yeah, and you're good. <laughs> I was also, I, I wasn't. I was, I had, I had, I had quote unquote pretty and short hair. So I did a lot of hair campaigns, big, sexy hair. Um, I did, um, style magazine. I mean, I did, there's so many hair things that I did. I dyed my hair black at one point, which was a mess. Um, but that's what developed me into the model that I became. Let's talk about your first shoot. The first time that you are in front of the camera and you you know you want to be a model. What's what's uh-huh. that experience like? Because obviously I'm I'm a guy and I'm fuck ugly, so I never have to think about it. But what's it actually <laughs> like to be stood there with that kind of expectation? Because it's got to be so awkward. Because you suddenly you must feel all your limbs and you must be so conscious of everything that you're doing. Well, I don't want to sound like I'm. Uh, it, I was a natural. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't anything that I was like nervous. I was nervous because I was, I, the first shoot that I did was for Elite. And I didn't want, um, I, I was nervous that they weren't going to like the photos or that they weren't going to, you know, it, what, all my nervousness for what happened happened, but that's besides the point. But the shoot that I did for them, um, I was definitely nervous, but I still have those photos to this day. Um, and they're amazing. Um, you could tell that I'm kind of new, but the shots that were created, it was awesome. Um, the photographer, God, I don't even remember who it was. Um, but it was a good time. It was, it was thrilling. The adrenaline that I got when I modeled was better than anything that, (laughs) that gives you a high. It was definitely a part of my life that I looked forward to every morning. I think modeling is something that's really kind of spoken down about of recent um, especially when it comes to kind of some social movements to do with like the ethics in magazines and things like that. I yeah, think yeah. that quite a lot of people are, are very happy lashing out at people that are perceived to be, you know, doing well in terms of having success professionally, um, having success with regards to like health and fitness, anything like that. People nowadays seem to be very comfortable with, with as the kids say, throwing shade at anybody that's doing better <laughs> than them or anybody that's in better shape than them or anything like that. Yeah. As far yeah, as yeah. being a model and and being in that world, what was actually the hardest part for you? Oh gosh. It's the mental, the mental, I don't want to say abuse because that's not really that's that's just the it's just the name of the game. Um the mental stability that you have and the confidence that you have to have going into becoming a, a professional model is so crucial to your well-being. Um I, and I and I speak for myself, although this is a story of many girls in modeling. Uh, food doesn't you don't really want to eat. Um, you're in the gym all the time. You have a specific 
look that your agency wants you to have and your career depends on it. Um, so any sort of lapse in that, in that, in that area, that was the hardest for me to be able to stay, um, mentally stable. And I mean, anytime you talk about the modeling world, whether you're in acting or modeling or you're a photographer or whatever, you're going to get 99 no's before you get a yes. And right. so it's just being able to take that no, being able to take that no and put it under your belt and carry on with your head held high is, is, is something that is, is developed. You definitely get, you have to get used to it. That's what's the hardest part for me was keeping my mental to, um, to, I mean, what comes with modeling, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So staying, right. staying in a mental, healthy place, mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, not getting in with the wrong crowd, LA, you know, they say they'll show you up and spit you out and they will. Um, uh, so that was the hardest part for me was not obsessing over my body, not obsessing over food. Um, trying to stay as normal as possible, <laughs> which that's, a, <laughs> uh, and, and it's funny cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, she's, she was the model or, you know, she's on guests and she did, Oh my God, like all the stuff, but the background of getting there and the, uh, it, it's very hard. It's not an easy job. A lot of people just think they, we have to stand there and look pretty and get our makeup done and blah, blah, blah. No modeling is tough. The, the trick of the trade is if it doesn't, if the pose doesn't hurt, it's not right. And there's times where you have to stand in the same spot for an hour just so the certain photographer can get what he wants. And it's, you have really no say in what goes on with your body. You have no say in what goes on with your makeup. You have no say what goes on with, you know, unless it's a, a, a creative shoot. But most of the time you don't have a say. You shut up, you look pretty and you stand there. And it's tough and it's hard, especially mentally. Do you think that's something that maybe some people coming through with regards to like Instagram influencers and, and whatnot, that that's the part they might struggle with is the idea that a model isn't or traditionally hasn't been there to input ideas. They've been there as a, a almost, I really apologize for how this is going to sound, but it always sounds worse in an English accent, but it's almost like you're a, you're a mannequin or a creative prop. And a lot yeah. of people come in from having photographed themselves for Instagram and getting all of this validation. And, and I think people these days are really clever at insulating themselves from anything negative by just putting everything down to jealousy when actually, you know, there could be some useful criticisms thrown at you from time to time. Do you think that that's something that younger models are now going to suffer with is losing that ability to be in control of everything? I think there's uh, yes and no. Um, I think that the world of Instagram, I can tell you now there's again, yes and no half of me is happy that in my height of my career it wasn't like a big deal like it wasn't a thing i didn't mm -hmm. even have an instagram when i shot my first guest campaign i didn't even have one and they were like uh this is now now the time you probably should get one but i didn't i didn't want i didn't i didn't jump on the hype you know what i mean right now but there's also so many more like if i if if i could have back in the day Instagram was the way it was or TikTok or all this other stuff. If I, if it was there the way that it was now, back then I would have, I could have survived financially even after, you know, I, I stopped modeling because it sets you up 
with sponsors and, you know, so many things you can make money on Instagram and TikTok, but I didn't have that when I was at my height of my career. Um, so I think Instagram does that. What the negative Instagram does is a lot of, as you said, young models will come into the modeling world where Instagram filters Facetune, all this stuff will create right. a, a, an image for this young girl. And then if she tries to jump into the modeling world, it'll eat her up and chew her out. And then she, she could be depressed because Instagram world is very different than modeling world. And all these quote unquote Instagram models would never make it in the modeling world. But a lot of times that's what's happening because brands like the last couple of shoots I did and castings I did, you had to write how many followers you had on Instagram for me. I mean, it's free, it's free marketing. I get it. It's a scheme. It's a business, but I just, it's, that's part of what I, that, why I kind of left modeling is I just didn't like, like, why would you, why do you have to know if I'm talented, I'm talented. If I'm yes. the one for the job, I'm the one for the job. Why does it matter what, how many Instagram followers I have or what's going on in my, and you know what I mean? On my feed or da, 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 because all that shit is fake. Most of the time, Instagram is to show off what you have and what you don't have and what you want to think you have, what people you want them to think you have. And there's a difference between the modeling world that I jumped into and the modeling world that is now. There's something really interesting there because it's actually like backwards when you think about it, because you need to have a certain following for an agency to see you as being useful. But surely that's the point of the agency in the first place is that they're there to elevate you, not the other way around. Exactly. And I mean, I feel like that's with a lot of the brands too is because they're using that marketing. Right. And, 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 and I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I really get it. I, I understand. I understand the whole, the whole process and the business behind it all, but it's just not something that I really like. I didn't like it. I, I it's not. So you're saying someone who has way less potential, who's not going to wear your clothes as well. That's not going to be the best mannequin for you, but because they have a million followers, they're going to get the job over me. Mm. Like I, I, I don't see how that works. Well, is that something like what we're seeing with big fashion campaigns, like going above and beyond, you know, the stuff that you get sent in the post, you take a picture in your bathroom and then you post it online and you get paid for doing that. If we go to like the big stuff, you know, going and working with like Guess or Brightling or anything like that, where I'm not specifically talking about those brands, but the, the big brands, when it comes to them using celebrities over models, where they, they're using like a recognizable face. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really want to name names, but there's an awful lot of recognizable faces that aren't particularly good at being photographed when you actually get past the fact that it's just a famous person. Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing. That's another thing. Like you're kind of taking away jobs from models who, who need that, who are looking for, whose dream is that, you know, like that's what I keep seeing on Louis Vuitton all the time. It's only actors now. And it's like, what about the girls that like are not actors that are models and then actors are modeling? Like, <laughs> right. It is. And it's like, so what do you want me to do? Go now be an actress. So then I can get my dream job as a model, but I don't want to act, but that's what I have right. to do to get the job. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I think in England, we would call it ass backwards, but I think over there, it's probably called yeah. something different. Let's talk about, you know, you, you mentioned treats and, and I mentioned Playboy and there was obviously stuff with guests and so on. 
when it comes to your your first time seeing yourself in in a big print issue, which I think you might have said was treats, but whatever the first time you saw yourself in publication in something really big, what was what was the initial feedback for you and and for your family? Oh, <laughs> so there's two points to that question. For me, um, it was it kind of was surreal. It was definitely surreal because it's like. I actually had a dream. I actually achieved it and I actually did it. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times I'm, very, I'm, I'm built in a very different way. I don't know why, but if, if I literally put my mind to something, I just do it. And, and for me, um, there's no like upset if I, if I don't do it, but it's not like a crazy celebration when I do do it. Um, I'm, I don't, I'm just very, I stay very uh, smooth sailing as you could say, but, uh, everyone around me, like all of my friends, um, most of my family, they were just my, the biggest cheerleaders for me. Um, obviously treats was top list and blah, blah, blah. So my family, um, didn't support that very much, but, um, they were, they were happy for me that I was, you know, accomplishing my dreams. I was still young. I was only 22. So, you know, parents are still, (laughs) that's my baby and blah, 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 blah. But, um, I was, it was, it was, it was surreal, but I, I, again, if you even talk to Steve and you talk to treats and you talk to all of the people that are involved with treats, um, they hired me not because of my breast or my body or my face, although that has something to do with it. My personality is what booked me that job. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll talk about it till the day that I die, that interview on camera. That's what got me my job is everything I was saying and not necessarily what I looked like. Um, and I took, I, I, I took, I take a lot of pride in that in my life is my character and my personality and how I carry myself. Um, but yeah, seeing myself in treats and seeing myself on the front of nail pro magazine. And it's just like, it kind of is like that's that's like, Oh, congratulations to her. Like it kind of is surreal where it's like, Oh, that's actually me. That's really (laughs) cool. But I'm very blessed and very, um, happy that it never made me feel like better than anyone else. Or like, you know what I mean? Everybody has a dream. Everybody's working hard. Everybody has their different goals. And that was just one of mine. And I never tried to throw it in anyone's face or act better than anyone else. Um, it was just my job. It was my career choice. So you said you headed to LA. Where did you head to LA from? San Diego. So I grew up in San Diego, which is just two hours south of LA. I mean, because one thing that I'm becoming more and more fascinated with, I think the first 60 odd episodes of the podcast, I was just basically trying to get my head around social media and, and the way that different people treat it. Like to some people, it's almost religious. And to other people, it's it's like a wife that they wish they'd have separated from years ago. It's a very bizarre dynamic people have with social media. But I've actually found more and more lately, especially talking to people from out in your direction, that LA is a bizarre place to me and California in general, oh. because it's like so many people converge on it because that's the the epicenter for that that culture for, for show business and for magazines and so on. But it's kind of strange yeah. that in America, you wouldn't create another epicenter. You know, I know there's New York, but yeah. it feels like it's an awful lot of land to not have many places for much opportunity. I, I, I agree with you a million percent. Um, I'm at the point in my life, I'm almost 33. Um, I stopped modeling technically around like 2016, I want to say. Um, but I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, yeah, thanks. LA, LA, 
it gave me what I needed when I needed it. Now it's time to head out. So I'm at the place <laughs> in my life where I'm trying to like get out of here because it is my, I mean, tell me, stop me if I go on a tangent, but I went on a family vacation to Orlando um, this summer, actually during COVID, but my niece was turning 11 and she wanted to go to Universal Studios. So we went and my mom and I were just baffled. It's, it, it's baffling to be in Orlando where so many body types are so celebrated. And it wasn't like people were standing up cheering for this lady that weighs whatever pounds, but it didn't matter. She was still wearing short shorts and a tank top and cool. And you know, it's the energy in there at that in Orlando was so different than even in San Diego, even here where it's like, we are so focused on what we look like and, and, and what, how much money we make and what car we drive and like all this other bullshit when literally it's like, that's, that's not even what really matters. We can't take all that shit with us, you know, to heaven or we're not, we don't, you don't go with your Ferrari to the afterlife. You don't do that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's LA is definitely, it, it brainwashes you like a psychopath. Like it really does. And so I'm definitely in a place in my life where I'm, ready to move to the south or something give me some <laughs> southern <laughs> southern <laughs> something where people just love each other and it doesn't matter what they look like or what they drive like i really crave that for sure well i definitely get the impression from the outside and again i'm not even i mean i'm from london originally but i'm not in london now so like mm-hmm. england barely has anything we i mean we don't have weather but as far as being sort of a cultural hub, I'm, I'm not even in the cultural hub of the small country that I'm in. <laughs> and it definitely feels strange from the outside. It feels like California, LA is an extremely oppressive place to live in the sense that it's like, like you said, there's all this conformity and all of these ideas and these standards that, that everybody's got kind of put on them for being there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you almost feel like that's counterproductive to being creative because you're, you're so focused on all of these opinions coming from the outside. And I, I mean, one thing I'd really love to ask you, especially hitting the heights that you did and, and mm-hmm. being the model that you, being the model that you are is, is does any insecurities that like linger from the feedback that you get when you get more and more notice in, in what you're doing? I think a lot of the insecurities that I still carry to this day come from myself. Um, come from decisions I've made throughout modeling. Um, doesn't really necessarily come from modeling itself. Um, as you can see, I don't know if people are following my Instagram, but I turned off this Instagram for a long time because I just needed, I needed a break from uh, worrying about posting and worrying about what these people that I don't even know are saying about me and, and comments still to this day. I, I, if someone says something um, negative under one of my posts, it is very hard, even though I don't know them. It's very hard to not take those personally, to not attack yourself because of them and to, to um, have thick skin. Like I said, in the very beginning of this, it's, it's a daily thing you have to work on. Um, I'm at a good place in my life now where I work from home and I'm getting my master's at home. So I'm starting to kind of revamp my Instagram because I need, so I need a creative outlet. Um, I recently have lost 20 pounds that also came with modeling. When you stop, it's like, yes, food. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've now lost 20 pounds and I'm feeling better about how I look. And, and I really, I, I, I need that. I miss it. I, I miss, but not working. 
I would, I, I don't know if I would sign with an agency again. I don't know if I would, you know, put myself out there to be dictated again. Um, but as far as being creative and, you know, stepping out in front of the camera and, and doing something that I can release in, um, that's what I'm, I'm really thinking about getting back into that for sure. I mean, this but is the photography. Insecurities, Sorry, go on. Oh no, the insecurities. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's social media period, um, modeling period. You really put a very, you, you really like, you, you put a, a, a hard, a hard, uh, line on what you should look like and what you should, you know, wear. And if you're not wearing that or your body doesn't look like this, or this isn't the makeup you have, it really creates a false reality of what happiness should come from. And, and that is something I still deal with to this day. Am I, am I smiling and I'm happy today because of what I have on the inside that I'm healthy, that I'm happy, or am I happy because, you know, I, I gained a thousand followers or, you know, this came in the mail. So it's, it's definitely something I have to, you know, stop myself from working towards every day. I have to really, okay, because God, God woke me up this morning. I'm breathing. I'm walking the small things. I've really started to help myself with the insecurities by depending on those. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's been the thing said for a while now that people seem to go broke trying to appear rich on, on Instagram. Exactly. And, and I actually think that that applies not just to finances, but also to sort of self-esteem and to self-worth is that you kind of throw yourself under the bus to try and get more and more people to like you. And in the end, all you're doing really is just kind of bankrupting yourself on a mental level where you can't really come back from if you're constantly chasing that. With this being a photography podcast, it would be a complete miss of me, of me to not bring up your opinion on photographers and what it's like for you working with different types of photographers. And I'm actually just curious to know in terms of like the qualities of really good, great photographers that you've worked with compared mm -hmm. to maybe some of the ones that you haven't enjoyed working with or that you've actually found to be, you know, quote unquote, terrible or, or, or whatever. What's, what's a great photographer got to do to be a great photographer to you? Photography or personally, like what, how are, how we interact or like what they do behind the camera? Well, I guess I, I, the, uh, curiously both. would, would they be, yeah, I mean, I guess both because are, are they mutually exclusive? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I, my favorite photographer is always Josh Ryan. I mean, he's just beyond his photography. He's always been a good friend of mine. Um, but since day one of us shooting, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the photos, but we, he rented out a very, very like eighties style house. And this woman has kept it like everything is eighties. Um, Joyce, who's Kim Kardashian's uh, makeup artist did my makeup. Um, Becca was a stylist and it was just the most epic shoot. And, and I kind of did it on a limb. It was kind of like my agency was like, Oh, they're doing the shoot. It's not really for anything. And he, this is 2012, 13. So I was just cool. And him and I connected right away. I mean, the behind the scenes and the, the photos from that shoot is the still top, top of my list. Um, and then his, his eye is just his eye. I can't even explain it. His eye for, for modeling and for photography and his editing, his, uh, editing skills, insane, top notch, best I've ever had. Um, but it, it, what I've realized throughout modeling, if I don't be so, um, perverse, but modeling is kind of like sex. Like there's a lot of time that models connect with photographers and it works and it clicks and there's nothing better and it makes magic. And there's sometimes that this photographer will work well with this model 
and not this model. And it has nothing to do with anybody else except for chemistry. And, and I'm a firm believer in that. I have my photographers to this day where I would love to be on set, even if it's just to like watch or direct or help or whatever, even if I'm not modeling. But there's some photographers that I've been with where it's like, I will, I don't even want to see you again in my life. Like, I don't even want you to follow me on Instagram. Cause there, as in every profession, there are some nasty people and there are some positive people. And it's doesn't, it's nothing different than in photography than, than in any part of the other uh, careers choices there are in the world. I mean, not to stick on the negative, but I am English and we are perpetually miserable. <laughs> Without wanting you to to walk down any paths that you don't want to walk down, what it, what what happens on a shoot that isn't where you're not connecting or where you really find them to just be a horrible person? What's that experience like? Well, I mean, it just it, it goes to like those comments of, oh, you should you should not eat that, or you should not eat, or you know when they the way they touch you, or or they hint that you should come back to the studio later. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's very prominent in, in modeling world. And if you're a young model and you want this, you know, shoot, or you think this photography is very rare that you're going to say no. And it's really sad that a lot of models don't speak up. I mean, I'm, I'm one of them that don't speak up for themselves, you know, when it's happening or afterward or whatever, but there are a lot of photographers that I still see shooting a different girl every day that, um, I have definitely felt uncomfortable around. Who's definitely said some things to me that, you know, probably would get them in a lot of trouble if, if brought into the public eye. And, and it's just, it's, it, that's what makes it nasty is feeling, feeling like an object. Cause there's a way to do it. There's a way to do nude or sexy photography without being a pervert. And by respecting you know, the models wants and needs and privacy and dignity. And a lot of times photographers think and take it to, oh, well, she's getting naked. So eh, she's got no morals. Let's move on. You know what I mean? And that's not, that's not saying all, all not, I'd say more are very dignified photographers, but there are definitely some, especially here in LA where things get a little sticky. Well, I mean, that's, that's really kind of the interesting point is that We've, we've obviously seen some pretty big social movements all the way from over here. We've seen them of what's gone on in LA. Obviously, you know, Weinstein being nailed to the cross for, for what went on. And it seems like that kind of unfortunately slowed the pace down because people almost seem content that one person was a sacrificial lamb and everything went a bit quiet. But mm-hmm. is, it, is it the case in LA? And I, I, I promise I'll move on after this, but I'm just fascinated. Is it the case that in LA, it's like people gravitate towards that culture because that's where the young, impressionable women are? Or is it that, you know, photography or working in the media attracts that? Is it like, is it the job itself or is it the people that you have access to? Do you think that attracts these, these pieces of shit? Oh, power. <laughs> um, right. I think that a lot of times, I, I mean, for me, for me, when I, as I speak for myself, when I came into modeling, it wasn't like, oh, if I get to this level, I can be around these people. Like that really wasn't like on my forefront. Now, when I was there and I was like, oh, look, you know, introduced to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, she's the newest guest model. 
yeah, that felt fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. yes, please. Like that was, it, it's amazing to um, be introduced by someone to someone famous or who has power and then go, oh, wow, let me see. And then they see your photos and go, holy shit. Like, wow, well, come over here to these people. And you know what I mean? And, and it, again, it continues. But that also, again, will put you in a pretty sticky situation if you're young and impressionable of doing things with people, just like with Harvey Weinstein. All of those people were doing things because he had power and could get them places. But first they needed to. And that is so right. prominent in, in, in modeling and in photography and, in, in, you know, people with power well, a lot of times abuse that power. Was there a point, and we're going to move towards more positive stuff now because I'm just atrocious at keeping things upbeat, but if we, <laughs> if we talk about like when, when the gears really got turning for you and you were doing, you know, big publications, you, you're signed by an agency, people are, you know, people are starting to pay attention to you. Is there a point where you really felt like this is the moment I've made it as a model? Was it like the Treats magazine? Was it Guess? What was the moment where you really kind of sat back and were like, now I feel like I've, 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 really hit my stride? I think for me, it was when I was able to support myself just from modeling. Um, it wasn't necessarily just, you know, Oh, I did this and now I'm on. Um, again, I talk about my, my, my personality and my aura and how that, um, got me jobs. That's what happened with guests. I was at, um, Spago and I was at the bar having dinner with my girlfriend and Paul Marciano came over to me and he was like, I just, there's just something about you. And that's what got me the job. So, um, I wouldn't say there was something that made me think that I was on or I've made it. Um, but when you continually book, whether the job is for e-com, whether the job is for a commercial, whether the job is for a magazine or you know, guests or whatever else. Um, and when you continually book as a model, that's, that's when you know that you've, you've hit your niche and you kind of made it. Uh, what's it like to get the call from, from Playboy? Because obviously beyond, you know, what it actually is it, 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 in itself, Playboy is this iconic, I mean, it's, it's yeah. a brand feels like too small of a word. It's just an iconic cultural thing that Playboy has been yeah. around for years. It represents so many decades of sort of that Californian American culture. What's it like getting the call to, to go and do it? Well, um, it was Josh who, uh, he was the Playboy photographer at the time. Um, he did all of their stuff. Um, and I remember I was in Miami during season, which is um, October, November, December. And I had to make a decision. Was I going to come back from Miami and shoot Playboy or was I not? Um, and I remember crying and crying and crying about it because of my family. Um, and I was 26 at the time, maybe I was 25. And I was, I was, with, I had, I was living with my boyfriend in Miami and I, I just, he found me out on the balcony and I was just crying. And I, and I, I because for me and my head for Heather, I was, like the answer was completely yes. But at the point in my life, I had grown up since 22 and hurting my parents or tarnishing my, my dad's name or, you know, any of those things that come with your parents, not supporting that part of your life, um, was really a battle for me. Um, and 
I called my dad that night and I just kind of said, Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing. This is what's been offered to me. Um, I really think it would be awesome for my career. Um, Playboy's different now. It's not like, here's my vagina. Yeah. It's very nice. Um, and my dad told me, he goes, you know what, honey, I'll love you forever. That's nothing's going to change that. Um, he's like, but you're 26 now and there's nothing your daddy can tell you that's going to change your mind. Just please don't throw it in our faces. Right. And it was then that I was like, okay, all right, I'll do it. So I got on a flight the next day. Um, Josh and I sat down for a while. I told him that I definitely didn't want to be in the French doors with lingerie and, and <laughs> you know what I mean? I, as I, as I said before, I played college basketball. I've played sports my whole life. My dad and mom had three girls. Um, I was never the girly girl. Uh, I played sports with my dad. I watched sports with my dad. Like that's what I did after school was we watched the Clippers and football and that's what we did. Um, so I didn't want it to be sex, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah. we, we did sports. And so if you see my covers, you know, boxing and, and rings and it, it, everything is kind of based around sports stuff. Um, which is what I was really happy about. And that's the, also another reason why I said yes was because um, I was able to have some control of what happened within the shoot. It wasn't like, oh, you're booked for Playboy and I'll just show up to set and we're going to make you a mannequin. Um, some of the stuff you even see in there was my personal stuff that I brought to the shoot. So um, it was it was one of the shoots where I felt so comfortable. Um, if you meet me or you see my behind the scenes stuff, I'm very a free spirit. I will just walk around naked on set. It's just, it's just kind of, my mom's always called me a flower child since I was little. Um, it's always been very natural for me, but especially at that shoot, it was very, um, I got, we got to, I got to hire my own hair, hair girl. Like it was, I had a lot of say in what happened and it made me feel the most comfortable. Um, and that's what shows in the photos. You can see it. Um, and that's why I got the cover. That's why I have picked the cover for me. Um, because that shoot was definitely outside the box for quote unquote playboy and a wet, a wet white t-shirt on the side of a pool or, you know, French doors and lingerie with thigh high boots. You know what I mean? So it was exciting. I didn't think, I, I honestly didn't think I was going to be on the cover. I thought it was just going to be, you know, a spread on the inside. But so it was very, I was very blessed from that. I was definitely blessed to go from there. Well, I really wouldn't have expected that, that you would have been able to have any input because obviously from the outside, like I say, it seems to be this like giant institution. Mm -hmm. Is that down to, did you get like a, a, a pretty good deal there with working with Josh that you had that ability to oh, put yeah. in? Is that, is that what it came down to? That is what it came down to because um, when he asked if I would do it, it was, it had been like six months of him asking me, it wasn't like, do you want, can we please do playboy? I, and I pretty much was like, no, like I've said no multiple times. And then, um, but that was my, that was my stipulation. It has to be you. It has to be this. And I want to do it, you know, and it was there. I think it was like a week and a half. I landed in shop pro, uh, nail pro magazine. I did something else in between there. And then I went straight to playboy, but being in Miami was awesome because, um, coming from Miami to shoot playboy, my body, cause I would just run every morning. So my body looked amazing. It, it, I see that body and I go, wow, because it's not just skinny. And, and a lot of times in my life, when I shot things, I was just skinny, 
but in that photo and that shoot, you can tell that like there's muscle, my legs are defined, my abs are defined. It's it, how it all worked out as how it was supposed to work out. Um, and Josh is an amazing man. And, um, I'm so happy, um, that the introduction with Paul Marciano and Josh happened and he's now doing guests. Um, that was, I mean, I'm so happy that that was something that got to happen through me, but, um, I'm, Josh is still one of my closest, I call him right now and talk for hours, but he's, yeah, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't Josh shooting it for sure. Is it the case that for, obviously because uh, the traditional sense of model is, you know, I don't know, I don't really know the age it starts. I'm kind of scared given LA to guess what age it really starts from. But let's say from 18 to 30, That let's say that's the gap. Is it like a model is living two lives because you live your life up to, you know, mid 20s to 30 and then you, you have to do something beyond modeling afterwards or something completely the opposite of modeling or you have to go into a career that's totally different. Does, does that create like two different people almost that you've had this, this early life and then you come out of it with this completely <laughs> different perspective? I don't know how you, <laughs> you must've like been in my head, but it's very true. So after I stopped modeling, I'm, I'm now a behavioral therapist, which is completely different. Um, I work with autistic kids um, and I'm getting my master's in behavioral analogy, which is just to kind of be more of a, a boss and I can open up my own practice, blah, 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 blah. Um, but as far as like having two completely step, it is so true. And a lot of the times I was so nervous about, um, I was so nervous about jumping into this career choice coming from that career choice, because, you know, it takes one Google to be like, Oh no, we can't hire her because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> Um, and so that was very nerve wracking for me, but it is literally living two different lives. Um, I mean, for me, like the thought of like getting back in front of the camera is exciting for me, but most people in my life now, like they know what I, what like my, I guess, quote unquote accomplishments were in my past, but they just see me for, for Heather and I'm a behavioral therapist and, you know, I, I work hard and they don't see the Heather that was on the cover of Playboy or did guess, or, you know what I mean? Was a pretty successful model. And, and not to say that they don't give me that credit, but it's like, it kind of is like, yeah, that's, that's the old you, or that's what you used to be able to do. Or, you know what I mean? Or uh, all this is what this is. But it's like, if you, if you modeled and you, you did your thing and you knew what you were doing, like, that's like riding a bike. So I'm kind of excited to get back in front of the camera these days. Just, I don't want to say shit on my haters, but so just, just, just that it's like, I never <laughs> went anywhere. I'm still the same people, same person. Um, and it'll, it'll help me mentally a lot to be able to, uh, output my, my mental stability into something that I loved doing and love doing. Um, because literally I'm in the house Monday through Friday, 8am to 8pm sitting at my desk. So it's, it's, it's wearing on me and it's stressing me out. So I think, I think I'm ready to get back into it, but that is true. You do have two separate lives for sure. Now I've never been uh, a young woman. I'm definitely sure I've never done that, but from the outside of, of, you know, modeling, 
pretty much anything that, that young women do, I, I definitely feel like in the last 15 years, there's just everyone speaking for you, whether they be speaking mm-hmm. in support of you or speaking against something that you want to do or speaking about what you should or shouldn't do or what's right or what's wrong. You know, when it comes to modeling, you know, the, the nudity issue is something, the retouching ethic seems to be a new thing that seems to be people speaking on behalf of young people and uh, young women, especially. And I'm just kind of curious because I don't feel like people, and this is a, a extremely symbolic moment, but I don't feel like people ask enough about what it's actually like, what the effects are of, you know, being judged for your looks, you know, being retouched is, is obviously something that's a big deal at the moment. What, what, what effect mm-hmm. does that actually have on you compared to the way that it's kind of made out that it's this like soul destroying practice? Oh, that's also a loaded question. I'm sorry. No, 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 you're, no, no, you're fine. Um, I think a lot of what I was honestly just thinking about this yesterday too, is I think more um, modeling and the retouching, it just becomes a false, a false image of what you should look like. You get what I'm saying? I love, love, love all of these companies that are hiring plus size models that are, you know, doing all of these things to make sure that all body types are loved and are, are created equal and are appreciated. And, um, but that wasn't, when I modeled, that wasn't a thing at all. That was never was a thing. That wasn't something that, um, photographers did or agencies did. You had your plus size and you had your really skinny. There was no like all, all body sizes matter, you know? Um, but I think a lot of times I know, I know this for sure. I was spoiled with, um, really good photographers and, you know, editors in the beginning. So if ever a photographer would shoot, that was like my, my bottom line, I guess you could say, but if we shot and they sent me the photos and they were like, Oh, it's edited and it's amazing. And it's like, uh, what? that does not look edited and it becomes this, this crazy train and roller coaster or seesaw that we as models or even now girls on Instagram, like there are so many girls that are like 10, 11, 12 in bikinis know how to use FaceTime. Like, and it's heartbreaking because it's like, now we have a false image of what bodies should look like and what I should look like. Um, I know for me, I'm very guilty of it. All these filters on Instagram. It's like, I can't even send a photo, not having a filter because I don't feel like I'm going to, I don't, I don't look as good as I do with a filter on that. I do without one, even though when you look at me in person, I'm, I'm aesthetically pleasing. I, it still fucks with your head and it messes up the whole, the whole image that you're supposed to see yourself as. And it's like, hold on, I got to put a filter on it or, or hold on, don't post it unless I see it. Or, you know, oh, they, I did a shoot with a photographer and he posted unedited photos. Oh my God. You know, it's like, I wish that that wasn't (laughs) a thing, but it is. And it's part of the culture. So it's not really something I see changing. I, I know a lot of activists and people are really trying to make modeling different and available for all, which I love. But I still think that there's a lot of work that has to be done as far as filters and touch-ups and editing and blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, as someone that's seen my shockingly bad photography from five years ago getting reposted, 
Um, and I'm like, fuck, everything lives forever on the fucking internet. I'm never going to get yeah. rid of oh, it. Oh, for sure. You start considering <laughs> sure, becoming like sure. a hitman so you can go and take over people's <gasps> accounts and hide stuff. Yeah. I can definitely uh-huh. feel the pain. And if my face was the one that was showing as well, it would be 10 times worse. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really appreci- I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to do this. Last question. I, uh, I, I always lie about that, but basically we're in the ballpark of last question and then I'll let you Perfect. go free. Um, it's been actually wonderful listening to the sounds of California in the background as well. Um, oh I feel my like gosh, I had to come inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about shoots that you didn't get to do that you that you had your eye on that you wanted to do, maybe that you had in mind when you set out or something that you went for that it just didn't materialize. Is there anything in terms of like regrets of stuff that you wish you'd have, have been involved in that you didn't get the chance to do? I've never thought about that. Um, I think one thing that I was, that I... I'm still like upset. Not upset. I won't say upset. I really like when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a guest girl. Check that off the list. Like, <laughs> I mean, in my underlining, not going to speak this ever again, I would love, I would love to be on Playboy or do Playboy, but that wasn't allowed quote unquote. So I didn't think about it anyways. Um, but one thing I try to do, but I just couldn't do it is, um, is act. Um, I did a couple, I did a couple short films. I did commercials, but there, I, I, I was good at it. I just took the character home with me. I, I, I wasn't able to, um, differentiate what happens on set than with bringing it home. And I would, I would cry leaving set. Like it was me and my, me that was that I was that character. And I know that that probably was built over time. And that's what I do. I do regret not just sticking it out and letting that build and letting that become a, a, you know, a hard skin, just like I had to learn modeling, not sticking out and maybe taking on more acting stuff um, was definitely, is definitely a regret of mine for sure. Well, as promised, I did lie. So this will be the last question because you kind of pointed (laughs) me in this direction. Um, Never trust a British person in every American movie with a bad guy. So never trust us. (laughs) Okay. So, so last question you're in this this wonderful position. You achieve so much as a model. You have the ability to look back on what went well, what didn't, what you would change and so on. If there's any uh, aspiring models listening to this or people that are currently working as a model, but they're, I mean, and maybe coronavirus makes this a bit null and void, but you know, having a hard time getting things going, trying to get their career moving. What advice do you have from the perspective that you're at um, that, could, that could help those that are trying to get there? Um, live like you're already there. Don't see the no's as a negative, see them as a positive. Um, but get up every day and, and work as though you're already on. Go to the gym, eat right. Don't not eat. That is so false. That is so opposite of what someone should do. Eat right, exercise, keep your mind healthy. Because if your mind is healthy, your body will follow. And um, stay focused. And a lot of times, especially if you're here in LA, I mean, I guess it's COVID and everything shut down, but don't get wrapped up into the partying. Um, I know it sounds like, oh, somebody's going to, we're going to go with this person and this person and uh, uh, it's not worth it. It's not worth your body. It's not worth your brain cells. It's not worth your ability to wake up in the morning and start the day fresh. Um, That's one of the biggest things is don't get wrapped up into the lifestyle when it's your, when it's your lifestyle. Keep, keep, keep your blinders on and stay focused. Um, because I, I know 
as many times as I can say this, or people said it to me, or, or if you're listening and someone else has said it, like, it's the truth. And it may seem good in the moment, but it's not going to help your career. Um, and I know firsthand that that's definitely what had a, you know, stricken to my career. So, so keep focused, stay healthy and, um, keep a good base around you. Sorry, I'm continuing. Keep good friends around you. Not everybody's going to fit in the boat. Not everybody's going to supposed is supposed to come with you on this journey. You pray about it, meditate about it, whatever, but you're going to need a small circle. People will take advantage of you the moment you get a little bit of fame and a little bit of money and it's not worth it. So keep your circle small and, and stay focused. That's what I would say. I don't think I can put across at this point how terrified I've been during this entire call. I actually remember being shown uh, a fashion video that you were in. I don't even know. I think back in 2014, I, w- I, went, to, I went to assist a, a photographer on a shoot and I basically just sat there staring at what he was doing because he's such a phenomenal photographer and all I was doing is carrying bags. And at the end of it, he introduced me to a few photographers and one of them had done like these little fashion shorts, these little videos, and you were in one of them. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of bizarre to me that six, seven years on, whatever it's been, to, to now have had the opportunity to uh, to talk to you. I, I promise you, as, as, as suave and sophisticated as I do tend to sound, which is obviously me being sarcastic, this has been terrifying. So I really, I really do appreciate <laughs> you taking the time uh, to do this. Oh, is there no, anything you'd like to awesome. plug? Would you like people to follow you on Instagram or anything like that? Anything you'd like to plug right now? Oh, I mean, my Instagram is Heather underscore Depreist, D-E-P-R-I-E-S-T. Um, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel nervous saying that, but I'm, I'm thinking, getting behind the camera, in front of the camera again. Um, so look out for my new work, I guess you could say. I don't know. It's going to be for fun. And if, and you know, when an agency happens to happen and I have time for that, God, I have no time. Um, maybe, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But, you know, working full time and getting my master's full time is uh, takes up a lot of time, but it also uh, leaves a little bit of room for me to be creative. So follow my journey, reach out if you guys need it, if you're young models and you need any advice or want to talk, I'm always there. So um, feel free. And um, Chris, if you haven't seen my Josh Ryan behind the scenes video from that shoot I was talking about from the 80s, I'll send it to you mm-hmm. and then you might, you, you might, uh, you know, pass out then. But that one's really good as well. <laughs> I'm absolutely willing to see that. And I'm very, very happy to hear that you're thinking about giving it another go. You have entirely scared me off of ever going to LA. So good job on that. Thank you so much for doing this. It's been, a, it's been absolutely wonderful. <laughs> it's a fun, pleasant uh, visit. It's a visit. It's definitely a visit for sure. <laughs> no. Yeah.